This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. It is not intended to cause or induce breach of an existing agency agreement. Hello? 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 This is the Vancouver Commercial with a state podcast. Welcome back to the Vancouver Commercial Real Estate Podcast, home city of the future Stanley Cup champions, 2023-2024 Canucks. Today, I have my co-host and my co-worker, Rod McKay, joining us for our annual VCREP Best Investment Markets 2024. Rod, how are you doing? Doing very well. Thanks, Corey. And uh, glad to be back. Thanks for having me on again. I think, is this year three I that we're doing this third now? year we're doing it. And some of our, some of our, 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 our largest amount of listeners this episode every single year. Holy smokes. Yeah. That's Six a- million, maybe <laughs> 9 million, could be 12 million listeners. We have no idea. It's, it's a lot to live up to, but uh, we'll do our best here. So Rod, every year we go into what we think are going to be our best investment markets for 2024. So let's break down a little bit of the criteria first, because for those who've listened, we just recently had on uh, Frank O'Brien from the Western Investor, where they break down their five best markets for 2024. Our criteria is a little bit different. We're not necessarily looking at the economics per se of a particular city or city's growth. We're purely looking at the investment opportunity on the commercial real estate side of things. So as an example, let's say Kelowna, in the middle of the pandemic, probably saw cap rates in some asset classes get right around four. So we're looking at a position for our criteria is if I can buy in Kelowna as an example, and I can get a cap rate of closer to five with under market lease rates in a growing, uh, in a growing population base, that, that cap rate could compress, let's say maybe to a four and a half. I can get an increase on my rents. That's the criteria is where is the best investment opportunities that have the most runway we feel in 2024 in the province of BC? Yeah. So you had Frank on last week. And uh, as you mentioned, we have uh, slightly different criteria. Some of it certainly does overlap, but uh, I think, yeah, you're going to see some markets in here that may be a little bit surprising. Before we do that, let's recap last year. Cause Rod, we had you on last year, right? Yep. We had the five markets last year. Let's recap your predictions for last year, and let's see how we did. So let's start number five. Who do we have for number five last year? Yeah, so number five, we actually went out of province. Uh, we had Calgary. Calgary. And and if we remember correctly, Western Investor had Calgary, I believe, as their number one last year, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I, I believe so, yeah. I think so. Yeah. So Calgary has definitely proven to be a great market. Obviously, the market in Alberta, um, especially in Calgary, is a little bit more, much more highs and lows than we see maybe in some markets. But Calgary definitely seemed to be a winner. If you if you bought in Calgary last year, I would say that's a thumbs up. I'm going to give you a point for last year, Rod. It's, Calgary. It's performed well. It's performed well. Who do we have for number four last year? Number four in the lower mainland, we've got Abbotsford. Abbotsford. So we went out to the Fraser Valley there where we saw a population growth. I'm going to give you another thumbs up on that one. I think that too has been a good investment opportunity. Keep in mind, cap rates probably have come up in some of these markets last year due to interest rates. It doesn't take away from the investment opportunity that was maybe created where Abbotsford's a market where you still saw a lot of growth. You still saw 
Cap rates at a very attractive market, very attractive number for the lower mainland. But also, you can also find some lower lease rates in the area that now have jumped up. That if you got in the right asset class, potentially the right time, Abbotsford seems like it probably was a winner last year as well. Yeah. Now that I'm going over this, I remember we had, I think there was a theme about stampedes in town. There was yeah. kind of a country music thing. I'm pretty yeah. sure we were talking about. Anyway, speaking of which, uh, for number three, we head on over to Kamloops. To Kamloops. And Kamloops, I'm going to give you another thumbs up. We opened our office up there and we've had Marianne Dakotas, our lead agent in that market, and Jeff Brown, our managing director for the BC Interior on, where we've talked about Kamloops. Kamloops is a market that, although it's small, it seems to be a very, very highly desirable market, especially in certain asset classes. Now, granted, there is higher interest rates right now, so things aren't turning as fast, but you can get into the right asset class in that area, have a good vision for that marketplace. I think it's still a home run. If we look at trying to find, say, a 1,500-square-foot Stratolot Industrial, it doesn't really exist. Yeah, good luck. Right? So if you can find the right asset classes in the area, it bolds really, really well. Another great example for Kamloops, lease rates on the industrial side, probably 14, 15, 16, very comparable to Kelowna, very comparable to what we saw in the lower mainland just a couple of years ago. So I think when you look at that criteria there where I can get very similar lease rates to I can find here in the lower mainland, but I'm getting a much better cap rate and I have a very similar vacancy in certain asset classes in that market, I would say Kamloops is a good one. Another thing for Kamloops, I'll say if you can find a good retail strip center, maybe in the peripheral area on the downtown core or just up in the Sahali area. That's also a really good investment because I think Kamloops has got a great runway ahead of it. There's a lot more developers and a lot more mainland and international buyers that now have Kamloops on the radar. So I think that's a market that will do very well over the next few years. All right. And then heading over to number two, uh, another one of William Wright's offices, we go to Kelowna. Kelowna. And why do we pick Kelowna number two last year? Kelowna had a lot of a lot of praise maybe a year or two earlier. Why we like Kelowna and we still like Kelowna, and I'm pretty sure it's on Rod's list this year, is you can get into the market at an attractive cap rate that's not nearly as competitive now as it was two years ago during COVID, but you can still find under market lease rates in that market. And we've talked about it a lot in the Class B industrial side where there's some good opportunities there where you have buildings that have tenants as low as like $6, $7. And now you're seeing those lease rates that are $16, dollars $18. $18. So getting the right asset class in the right market there is really important because you can get in, you can get the increase on the rents upon the renewals because the vacancy rate is still relatively low in certain asset classes that you still have a good runway. And right now you can probably get in for a better price than you could have got in maybe a year ago yep. just because it's not as competitive because of interest rates. It has nothing to do with how the population growth has stopped, you know, economics in that city have have turned upside down. No, interest rates are just very, very high and make it very challenging for people to buy right now. Demand is still there. So a market like that, I would agree with you, was a great market last year. And I'm pretty sure we'll probably make your list again this year if I know, if I know, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it was one of those markets similar to Kamloops where, like you said, the lease rates are very comparable, almost pretty close to where they are in the lower mainland. But, you know, when you're an investor and you're buying on a price per square foot, you're probably paying half of what you are for uh, the same type of uh, industrial building totally. or unit. Yeah. So, All right, going so on. For Kelowna, who was our top pick for last year? Top pick. So, uh, the year before last uh, was Victoria. Yeah. And then that, last. That proved to be a good one. Yeah. Last year, uh, we headed north to Nanaimo for our top pick for investment markets uh, 2023. And I, I would agree. Anyone that got into that market or is trying to get into that market, that's still a top market in the province. You have tons of growth on the population side. 
COVID has put much more onus on that area. And here's a great example. I live in Coquitlam. It takes me sometimes an hour and a half to get from Coquitlam to Vancouver. I could jump on the Hello Fast Ferry, have a coffee and read a magazine and get from Nanaimo to Vancouver in 70 minutes. So affordability, there's more industries going there. You're also seeing a shift, I believe, in some of the government agencies and stuff like that coming up from Victoria into Nanaimo now. There's some great stuff when we had Mayor Krogan before, which I believe it was 2030, maybe it was 2040, I could be wrong, where the absorption rate of, of uh, the absorption rate now of industrial land is, is far outpacing the land they have that they're going to run out. Lease rates in that marketplace are still great. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be a bet and think that Nanaimo will probably be on your list again this I was, year. I was gonna say, hey, well, we'll uh, it remains to be seen if it's on the list. Don't say too much here. All right, Rod. <laughs> so those were our five markets last year. Uh, I would say all of those markets were good picks, considering the higher interest rates that you've got. Still got good investments there. You've got good runway ahead of you, and that's one of our criteria. It's not so much am I gonna double my money next year, but how well can I do in the short term, the medium, and the long term? Where am I going to get good value versus maybe some other markets? So that is why we had Nanaimo's number one last year. And those were our top five markets last year. So Rod, without further ado, why don't we jump into the VCRAP top five markets for 2024? Now, this podcast is presented by Impact Commercial. Impact Commercial. John, Allen, the team over there are fantastic. They've been, all been on the show. They have, yeah. Friends of the show. Great guys. Wealth of experience. They can help with all your commercial financing needs. Whether it's owner-occupiers, land development funds, commercial investments, or multifamily, these guys got you covered. And they recently obtained their CMHC correspondent lender status. So for all your commercial lending needs, visit them at impactcommercial.ca. That's impactcommercial.ca. I know we talked about a bonus six market. We did. Do we want to start with the bonus one? Yeah, let's okay. let's let's start with the bonus one. Uh, this is an interesting one. Last year at number five, uh, we had Calgary. There were so many good markets this year that we see for 2024 in BC. We still wanted to pick an Alberta market, so coming in at number six. For 2024 top markets, we have Edmonton. Edmonton. Well, let's let's dive into that. So for those listeners who have, have heard last episode, Western Investor picked it as one of its top markets. I believe it was, I think the it was top a, market. I think it was number one. Number one. Yeah. We've been very fortunate to have uh, Bronwyn Scrivens on the show a couple times from Omada Commercial out there in Edmonton, especially in the industrial sector, talking about the industrial growth there. It's funny. I did have a conversation with her uh, just recently, and she was talking about, obviously, a lot of there's a lot of big halo effect where people are coming over from BC into the Alberta province there. So I think Edmonton has a tremendous amount of upside to it. I think people that want to invest in the Edmonton market, although the vacancy rates have come down quite a bit, land is not constrained in Edmonton as much as it is here in greater Vancouver and a lot of the secondary and tertiary markets in BC that you're not going to probably see the jump up as quickly in lease rates as you do over here because the land isn't at a premium over there as much as it is over here. But I agree. I think Edmonton, if you do look at some of the recent reports that came out, that they even said they saw a slight decline in the office vacancy, which is surprising. Yeah. You know, an, office, yeah. an office market like Edmonton there, which is a very stagnant market, which is probably much more susceptible to a tenant moving within the Edmonton market more so than a tenant moving into the Edmonton market. Versus Vancouver, what helped our office market quite a bit over the years was there was companies that were coming into Vancouver that weren't already here, that were backfilling vacancies and absorbing new product. Um, Edmonton just doesn't seem like they probably had that same opportunity there. 
But I think Edmonton would be a great opportunity if you understand the market and know what you're getting into to look if you want to go outside of BC for maybe a little bit more value. I'm not sure cap rates off the top of my head. Certainly higher than they are here. And, uh, you know, another thing that's uh, going for Edmonton, too, is the affordability. Uh, Whether you're looking to rent, purchase a home or condo, you know, coming from BC, it looks like it's free. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah, and there's also the, the there's no PST in Alberta, so that definitely helps. Yeah, out. tax incentives, and and yeah, so I mean, if you're looking to to move your your business there, uh, let's say you've got um, you know, you've got an industrial asset yeah. class type business, you move out there, you're paying ten dollars per square foot instead of the twenty five that you're paying the lower mainland. Uh, you, you can offer your staff uh, affordable living compared to here in BC. Totally, uh, it seems like a good pick if you can get uh, over the winters. And in Rod, you will probably know because these aren't uh, no one can see us in here. I was limping on my way into the show. That's because I was very bold in saying Edmonton was going to win the Stanley Cup. I've jumped off that bandwagon now. I've yeah, jumped back onto the Vancouver bandwagon. It's like Vancouver. Where, where, where are the Canucks at right now? Well, I, I don't know, but we scored 46 goals. I think we're, we might be six and two and they might be two and six. So it's uh, like the tables have turned here. Now it's a little bit early to say, but I mean, let's let's ride this wave while we can. Yeah, well, again, in this city here, and I don't want to knock our Canucks because obviously we're very hopeful that we can. I think I think I have a company bet going that they're going to get into the playoffs at the sixth position this year. I think okay, my optimism. Mm. But with uh, knowing the Canucks, just like we saw last year, the year before, how how good or bad we can start, we could be nine and two, and then we could be nine and twenty. So well, we got to we got to be optimistic. I don't here. know. This year's looking good. I'm know. actually I'm going to the game tomorrow night. Oh, right, there you go. Going so, with pops. So so, so yeah. you know you got Rick talking behind the bench. I like him. You got Adam Foot, which uh, for all of those who are probably like in their late 30s, early 40s, you'll remember him in his Colorado days. He was he was a monster to deal with. So you've got proven on ice talent from Rick Talkett and Adam Foot, and I think uh, Gonchar's there as well. These are all NHL veterans who've lived it who have proven records, who have won Stanley Cups, it could be a little bit different. So I'm, I'm, I'm liking our odds this year. Edmonton, you know, not so much if we're 2-7 and seven now. We'll, so we'll, I'm going to we'll jump see. off the bandwagon. We'll see. We'll see. Well, uh, Edmonton, honorable mention, uh, coming in at number 6 in Alberta. So, Rod, who do we got for number 5 for our 2024 best investment markets? So, number 5, new to the list, uh, we've got Delta BC. Delta BC. And when we had, we had Frank on... Frank touched on it, and we've been saying this for a while now, and I think we've been saying this probably for years because if we go back to the days the liberals were in power, they were prepping to do a bridge, mm-hmm. right? So we we liked the Delta ports. We liked that the Massey Tunnel problem would be solved, which would open up that gateway. But Rod, tell us why we like Delta for 2024. Yeah, so the, I mean, the two big ones, I mean, it has, in terms of a long-term investment, if you buy in Delta, you're going to be laughing sort of 10, 15 years down the road. You really can't lose. The The two big reasons I think you touched on there, uh, you've got the port expansion. So it's about $3.5 billion port expansion. It's going to double their footprint there. And I think the numbers were uh, an extra 30% of shipping containers along our coast here. So huge expansion there. Uh, which will be really big for the industrial asset class. And then, yeah, as you mentioned, George Massey Tunnel, so $4 billion, eight lanes they're going to put in there. Yeah. So uh, it's it's such a headache to get out there rush hour, whether uh, you're coming in in the mornings or you're heading back there during rush hour. It uh, can really get bottlenecked. But uh, with eight lanes going out there, it's going to make it so much more accessible, especially yeah. having, having the ports in there. Uh, you're going to see uh, a lot more industry. And I do believe, and maybe I'm making this up, I do believe I read a report at some point in time that that through the port expansion in the not so near, not so distant future, the Delta ports will actually be larger than the Port of Vancouver 
with regards to shipping traffic coming in and the warehouse absorption. Big companies like Amazon have taken hundreds of thousands of square feet out there. That tells you a lot that 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 opportunity that exists in that area, maybe especially in the industrial class, if we want to pick an asset class, lots of upside there. And I think as a halo effect off of that, if you look at like Camby Street and that stuff off of Steveson Highway there in Richmond, you've got a horseshoe way, you've got a lot of industrial right around there. That will probably also be very highly desirable once that bridge or that Massey Tunnel gets in, because that will make that little industrial area there also accessible to the port. So we can say Delta for number five, halo effect. Horseshoe Way Street, De- definitely in, in Richmond off Season Highway. That also might be a halo effect one there too. Del- Delta's already got a couple uh, pretty good industrial hubs. They've got Anastas Island, uh, which is pretty much all industrial, and then you've also got Tilbury, uh, which is a massive business park. So that's already thriving, alive and well. But uh, with uh, the new tunnel and uh, with this port expansion, it's just going to get better and better. So uh, buy now and wait, and you're just going to see it go up and up in Delta. I, I agree with you, Rod. So, so number four, sorry, number five, we had Delta in the yeah. lower mainland. Who do we got for number four this year? Number four, uh, I think this one's pretty much always on the list. We're going to the island, South Island, Victoria. Victoria. So I'll, I'll maybe dive in here a little bit. Why we put Victoria. I don't think Victoria's on our list last year. Why we put it on this year. So if we go back a couple of years, Victoria's metrics haven't changed. It's still an outstanding market this year. It was an outstanding market last year. It was an outstanding market the year before. But why we didn't put on the list last year? Because if you got into the market a couple of years ago, you would have done very, very well. If you got into the market last year, when we still had lower cap rates in the area, we're still off the COVID hangover money. The cap rates had compressed. The lease rates in some of the areas hadn't grown as much. So you weren't going to get that pop that you would get in some of the other markets that we picked. Why do we add Victoria to the list this year? Interest rates are up. Cap rates are up. You have the opportunity to now get back into that market at probably a little bit less competitive or a better cap rate that the cap rates may not compress as much as they did during COVID. But if I could find a five cap rate or a five and a half cap rate in Victoria in the right area in multiple asset classes, I would take that all day because I think you can bet those cap rates will compress, maybe not down to four, but four and a half maybe, depending on your asset class, that I think Victoria has got a ton of stuff going for it right now that if you can get into that market, Today, at the cap rates that we're seeing today, that is why it's on the list this year and wasn't last year. Economics are still the same, but we think the opportunity is a little bit greater this year because cap rates have come up and they probably will compress. Yeah, and there's uh, some really big projects that are happening in Victoria too. As it, I know Starlight's got that massive one that's going to yep. reshape the Harris Green Harris District. Green 5, District. 1,500 new homes, over 100,000 square feet of commercial space. Yep. I yeah. know you've, you've been pretty bullish on the Harris Green District well, for, well, for a while. Here's a, here's a great example, right? So the Harris Green District, we've been talking about lots, and we're kind of comparing it just from a Vancouver standpoint. We've kind of called it the Yale Town, just more mm-hmm. trendier, newer area. But if we kind of go to like, it's a great example, uh, Cook and Yates, that's one of the major intersections on Vancouver Island and will be one of the most dense intersections when it's all said and done. So if we go to that intersection, just as an example, on the corner there, you have the Nest Project by Chart mm-hmm. Developments. We've had Byron on the show. Yep. Uh, which I, I'm, I'm going to make some numbers up here and I could be wrong. If he listens, he's probably going to text me and get mad at me. I think there's like 200-ish units in the Nest building alone, 12-story building. Next to that, you have the Haven building. Immediately across the street, Jall Residential, I believe, which is one of the major developers over there, they had a project called Johnson Cook Yates, which kind of encompassed almost a full city block all the way around. Chart has purchased that for rental stuff. So Chard's got the project immediately across the way, which is I think it's another 300, 
400-ish plus units uh, retail on grade. Across the street from Chard's project, you've got the tip of the Starlight project you just mentioned there, Rod, which is a 1,500 units coming in from the 1,100 block corner down to the 900 block corner on Yates there. And then across from street from there, you've got the Volvo dealership, which I believe was purchased by Jaw Residential. And they will then develop that into condos. I would think something very similar to maybe the Nest idea, that six, eight, or 12-story idea with retail on grade. So you might be looking on that corner that you might be plus or minus like a 1,000 condos if you just kind of cross all the streets in that one corner. So that is what we've been talking about for years, which now, fast forward 2024, you're seeing shovels in the ground, you're seeing buildings come up, you're seeing building permits get issued. That's an example of a corner there that could be tremendous, tremendous corner there for retail at grade with that type of density that's now being introduced into that Harris Green District. Yep, things are looking good for Victoria. All right. On to number three. On to number three, Rod. Who's number three on our 2024 list? We're heading, uh, we're heading to the interior. We're heading to the interior. Kelowna. Kelowna. As we talked about was Kelowna we had on our list last year. We like Kelowna. Now, again, I will say Kelowna does have a little bit of a roller coaster effect from time to time because it does have a tremendous population growth. It is getting a much better economy there, being supported by many more pillars of industry that are coming into that area. But we like Kelowna because Kelowna, as we talked about, you were seeing cap rates probably in that low four that you can find those similar type products kind of in those like high fours now, maybe early fives, depending mm-hmm. on what you're looking for and what asset class it is. We are really confident that market will compress again as the market does tend to pick back up. So I'm very bullish on that. I think Kelowna is a great market if you can find the right opportunities in that market right now because it's less competitive. And arguably, you could be getting a discount on the building if you can get it, say, for a five and a half cap, and that building compresses to a four and a half cap. That's almost a 20% discount off that what that thing might be worth. And if you go one layer further, you can also still find some legacy type leases in the marketplace where you have some industrial tenants that are paying six, eight, 10 bucks that are probably looking at renewals at like 16, 18 bucks. So you definitely got a lot of opportunity in Kelowna that we think it's a less competitive environment right now, which we anticipate will become much more competitive in the coming years. So this is a great opportunity to get in there now before that competitive picks back up. Yes. uh, It's a very, you know, great market to invest in. There's uh, lots of growth. Yeah. You've got the UBC Okanagan expansion, uh, for example. Tremendous. They're going to almost double in size. And then uh, that huge site, I think it was, am I going to say it wrong? The old Tolco mill site. Yep. Uh, yeah. Where they're gonna, there could be up to thirty five hundred new homes on forty acres there. Oh, totally. If you even look at two, even other developments that are around the UBCO, I know our Kelowna team up there is 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 working with some developers on some projects that they have up there. But there's a tremendous amount of density that's going to go catch the halo effect of UBCO in the development world. A lot of exciting things. Not everything we can talk about right now, but a lot of exciting things that's coming to that Kelowna marketplace that we think if you have the opportunity to get in now at a less competitive type price, you will be very, very happy with it. Very happy for the years to come. What are your thoughts? Because I know uh, we just got got the news about uh, short-term rentals, Airbnb, uh, that kind of thing. Kelowna, obviously, uh, you know, if you're an uh, investor in, let's say, Airbnb, it would seem like a pretty good town to invest in. What do do you think uh, will come of that? Well, I think, I mean, I've heard rumblings that there could be carve-outs with the federal, with the provincial government and some of these communities that you could look at there that probably would be greatly impacted by the Airbnb thing. Mm -hmm. I think if you you don't feel there'll be carve-outs, go buy a hotel. 
because <laughs> yeah. I use well, what, what are the rates going to be? Eight hundred bucks yeah, a night so for your and, for your motel drive up and motel. Kelowna still still not. I know when I go up there during the summer months to keep company budgets in line, I find myself staying at the Fairfield by Marriott, which is great. They have a great red water slide that I I particularly would jump on from time to time. But even still, even for the Fairfield Marriott, which is a great type travel hotel, you're still looking around 300 bucks in the summertime versus the Delta and stuff like that. They're probably pushing six, seven, 800 bucks. So if you, if you believe, if you really believe that the Airbnb you know, game is done in a market like Kelowna, go buy a hotel because there's lots, <laughs> lots, lots more, lots more people looking for hotel rooms all of a sudden. But I do think there'll have to be some form of carve outs or cooperation between some municipalities and the province just because uh, some of these smaller communities could be more greatly impacted where there's zonings that are very Airbnb friendly and there's developments that have been pitching the Airbnb model as part of the pre-sales. Yeah. So it'd be interesting. Uh, I, I'd like to think there has to be some, some give there. And I'm pretty sure a lot of the interior type uh, communities will be campaigning very hard with our friends over at the the provincial government there, the NDP to try to say, Hey, we, how do we absorb this? How, what can we do yet to be seen? Yeah. Um, I think Kelowna is still going to be a tremendous market. I think people are tons of people still travel there. Tons of people want to live there. Population growth, people coming from Alberta. You know, so I still think Kelowna has got a tremendous upside, although that, that may have impact at least in the short term. Well, I think Jeff Brown, uh, if he listens to this podcast, he's, he's listening to, uh, to you talk about where you're staying. He's going to start offering you a room in his basement. No, for for well, a fee. Well, you know, you know, it's funny is I've actually asked to stay there and he <laughs> yeah. t- flat out told me no. Oh, so, yeah, wow. yeah. So he's, he's just said, no, you're not like the Brown residence is not open for business. So I told him, I said, that's fine. That's fine. I'm not going to, I'm not going to. Wow. You know, okay. Yeah. My, my, right. my, my, my hand, my hand's going to get crampy when I have to sign his check and I won't be able to do it. <laughs> um, all right. So we got Kelowna on there. Well, Kelowna was number three. Number three. Number two, Rod, we had. Well, number two, we're uh, we're going to the island again. Going to the island again. Nanaimo. Nanaimo. So we still like Nanaimo. The metrics still all are there. But because interest rates have come up, you can again, similar to Kelowna, you can get the same product at arguably a discount that is going to have cap rate compression that's going to hit. You've got legacy leases. You've got above average population growth. And as we talked about before, is there's a ton of development going into the area. There's a ton of movement and population coming into the area. I think if you can get into Nanaimo, into the right asset classes, which honestly, I think there's not a bad asset class in Nanaimo, and I'll justify my story for offices here again in a second. But if you can get into the right retail areas, there's lots of traffic, good retail nodes, multifamily there, talking to multifamily owners, they've seen a tremendous percentage gain on the move outs there. Uh, some of them seen a greater gain in the Central Island than they have in the Greater Victoria area if they have assets in both areas. Um, industrial, we preach class B industrial everywhere. Nanaimo is a great market that probably has an even, even tighter industrial market than say like a Kelowna, but also I like office there and I'll tell you why I like office downtown Kelowna I don't, or downtown sort Nanaimo. You probably got, you know, you know, six, seven office buildings. The problem is the replacement cost value on these office buildings have far outweighed the value of what the building is worth today. And, and for, for our listeners, what that means is if the replacement cost because construction is so expensive to re- the, bro- the building is demolished and it costs you $7 million, million to build it back, but it's selling at a five cap rate, it's only worth $5 million, you're buying it below replacement cost value. So that exists there. That if you have six or seven office buildings downtown Nanaimo because land prices are up so much and construction prices are so up so much, fast forward 10 years, you probably still have six or seven office buildings downtown Nanaimo, but you probably have an extra 10 or 12% more population because the land prices are going to be very tough to pencil to build an office. The construction costs are going to be very tough to build an office. And not a lot of developers want to build something for $7 million that's worth five after. 
So those numbers don't really compute. So I think if you can get into those areas and you can get the right asset in those areas, that you will have a very low vacancy rate for years to come, as well as you've also seen office lease rates grow. I mean, there were days you'd see office lease rates, you know, eight, nine, 10, 11 bucks. Now you're seeing office lease rates at 14, 16, and some markets I've seen 18. And that's a very large percentage growth. If that building was once, you know, $9 five years ago, for argument's sake, and it's 18 now, that's 100% growth on that income. That's hard to find anywhere. So uh, a percentage, and again, I'm not saying it's 9 to 18. I'm just saying as an example, it's 9 to 18. But over there, you can probably find you know decent office product, probably in that $16 range plus. It's going to be very hard to build office buildings in that marketplace at land costs and construction costs. That's why I think an asset like that in that market would be attractive, maybe more so than what you'd find in, say, Vancouver right now. Yeah, it seems like a really safe bet. I mean, as you mentioned, it's among uh, one of the fastest growing cities in Canada. There's a massive amount of residential development. So obviously the developers are seeing this influx uh, of population coming there. But the reality is it's going to be tough to keep up with uh, commercial space to uh, to supply all of these incoming residents. So uh, you're going to see vacancy rates go down, as you mentioned, in office, also in retail and, and industrial as well, because uh, they're I think they said they're going to run out of industrial land in Nanaimo by 2030. Yeah, right? something like that 2030, 2040 because the absorption rate is so good. So I think you can't go wrong. I think Nanaimo is, is we've been preaching it for a while. For those who have bought in there, have probably done very, very well for themselves. And I think there's still a great opportunity to buy in today and still do very, very well in the coming years. And their and their employers, uh, you've got uh, recession-proof uh, employment. So you've got hospital, medical services, universities. So very recession-resistant employment base. And then you've also got that big expansion at their container port as well. Yes. We like Nanaimo. We love Nanaimo. We loved it last year. Uh, we love it just as much this year, but it made number two because there's one that stuck out just a bit more. We're heading back to the Okanagan. Yeah. And this one I don't believe ever made our made our list. I definitely know it's made the Western Investor list. I think at one year, maybe two years ago, they had it as number one. But we, at that time, always were very optimistic on the market, but we also look for teetering points. So right now, when you have a lot of great projects coming into this community, you've got not a lot of assets you can buy. So the market is very small. So things that do come up that are well-priced tend to move very quickly. And you also got a lot of expansion of certain industries in this marketplace right now with, with happening. So, for, so Rod, without further ado, what is the number one VCRAP investment market that we feel you got to buy in in 2024? Penticton. Now, Penticton. Now this, this is a market I, uh, investment-wise, I'm probably going to defer to you, Corey. But uh, Penticton, is, I mean, it's beautiful. It borders two lakes. Uh, you've got world-class wineries. You've got golf courses nearby. The, yeah. it's, got a, it's got a fun vibe to the city. But why are we investing there? Yeah, well, I think a lot of developers that we've had on the show, and one that comes to mind was John Friesen of the Mission Group, which has been on our show, but also been on the uh, Vancouver Real Estate Podcast. And for those who don't know, the Mission Group is a very uh, prominent developer in Kelowna and the greater Okanagan area. And they, they, he had mentioned when we had him on a while ago, that Penticton was on their radar. And I know the Western investor picked Penticton. A lot of the metrics were very similar as Kelowna, but on a smaller scale. So I think a lot of people felt that that was going to shift and transition over there. Why we like it now versus maybe we did a couple of years ago. Uh, we think there's a, a better investment opportunity now because obviously interest rates are higher. So cap rates might be a little bit higher. There's a very limited amount of assets in that area. So the good ones are very, very hard to come by. But there's also some tremendous projects coming to the area. I know when I was looking at the city of Penticton's website, and we obviously follow what's going on in the development community, there's a tremendous project 
uh, by Strike Group coming to 1704 Government, which I believe is about a 10-acre project. I think it's six phases, probably over a decade, right across the street from the hospital. And if you look at how well developments have done across the street from the hospitals, when you look in Vancouver, you look in Surrey with LARC groups there in the city, city center, one, two, three, four, all of that stuff that has just blossomed. I think that has a tremendous opportunity uh, ahead of it. I think the community has a tremendous opportunity ahead of it. I think they're a forward-thinking community now. It seems like they've got the right people um, in the city that are also thinking that. It's gorgeous, and I think it will play off the halo effect. So if I can get into a community like that now, where I think I have a great runway opportunity, it's only going to see greater population growth. It's going to see greater economic growth. Um, don't kid yourself. Kelowna is not cheap to live in. So other markets around Kelowna, like we mentioned before, like Vernon, uh, Lake Country, uh, Asoyas, which is a little bit further out, Peachland, Summerland, all these areas are not cheap to live in. And Penticton's the same way. But if people who enjoy that Kelowna lifestyle, like that resort type living, all that stuff, they can go down to Penticton for a cheaper price than you can find in Kelowna. So I do think you're going to see a lot of people that are getting priced out of those type of markets are going to look to these markets to reposition their families. Businesses are going to follow. Economic growth is going to follow. And there's a ton of great activity happening. That's just one great project that I pointed out there that's coming to Penticton. But we think the time is now. If you want to be in Penticton, now is the opportunity because cap rates will compress. The markets will. Lease rates in those areas will continue to grow as population in that area grows. Um, I think it, I think it, it's a great opportunity, and now is the year if you're seriously thinking about Penticton. I know a lot of people set up far before us, so we're not reinventing the wheel by any stretch of the imagination. We just think with a little bit of higher interest rates, cap rates have come up a bit, that that's making now the time to invest in Penticton for the short, medium, and long term. I know personally myself, that is a market that some of the guys that we invest with, we have an high on our list that we're looking in that market now because we think it's done very well. A lot of the markets we've talked about over the years, we've also made investments in, and we've done very, very well with those investments on these same metrics. So I would encourage anyone that is looking to kind of go into the BC interior, the markets we talked about today, including Penticton, all tick a lot of boxes right now. So it's number one on our list. What are you buying in Penticton? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I'll be honest with you. I'm very bullish on retail. Yeah. I'm very bullish on retail. I think that's got a tremendous runway ahead of it. As the population grows, retail typically will lag behind because businesses will show up after the people will. Mm -hmm. But I think as a landlord, if you're buying in those markets, you just got you to understand what you're buying. Lifestyle type tenant mixes are very, very popular. Medical type tenant mixes are very, very popular. All of that stuff, I think, is... Service-based. Yeah, service-based. Because at the end of the day is, yeah, you know, yes, you can technically get a coffee brought up to your, your condo now through, through Uber or through DoorDash, but like Starbucks isn't going anywhere. They still need a retail footprint. The medical uses, dentistry, all that stuff, they still need a feel a retail footprint. Restaurants still need a retail footprint. So there's a lot of restaurant or a lot of lifestyle type businesses, grocery anchors, liquor stores, all that still need to operate on that retail level. I think getting into emerging markets, like if you look at kind of what um, the strike group project looks like is to me, when I just say as a comparison down here, and again, I'm not trying to say this is what it is, but you look at like a Newport village or a Sutterbrook or even kind of like West group out there at um, you know, even West groups, master plan community they have their river district you mean you can like literally live above and just have everything at your doorstep right below and those yep. are those are very successful communities you mean that stuff that i think looks very very well when that stuff starts coming in and these big big projects start happening that's where investors will follow so if you can get into something at a very early level as the projects or the community continues to grow naturally prices tend to always creep up so if you buy today 
you're probably paying cheaper than the guy buys four years from now. So I think there's a good opportunity in that area. I like retail. Retail. Retail is probably a good one. So yeah, it was when we did our summer speaker series where we uh, we had conversations with local developers for our clients and uh, for the brokers at William Wright. Uh, we had a four-part series and yeah, we spoke with four different developers. And one thing that was uh, consistent with all four of them was that they were all very bullish on retail. And and they said all their retail, uh, you know, shopping center type assets were performing extremely well, which, you know, coming out of the pandemic, I think is a, a surprise to a lot of people. I think a lot of people, you know, they, they see the four lease signs and they just, uh, you know, they think that businesses aren't doing so well. And, uh, you know, when you talk to the, the, these developers, uh, it seems like it's the complete opposite. Now, have, have things changed in retail? Absolutely. Uh, the tenant mix, but uh, yeah, it seems to be performing very well, and they're actively searching for more of those assets, and they're they're challenging to find, but uh, it seems like it's one of those assets where they're willing to pay more and take a bit of a hit on the cap rate uh, just for what they see long term in these uh, these assets. And when you go into communities like say a Penticton, there's not a lot of those good assets available. So if you have an opportunity to get one or straddle lots potentially in the right area. Um, run, don't walk. Yeah, exactly. There's not a lot of them there. Right. And like we talked earlier about the Harris green district and, and watching that kind of really grow and come into its own now from watching that market so closely, like retail rates were probably like in the low twenties, give or take for some of the retail areas in that area. And I know our Victoria team is doing a great job over there at some of the projects that we have there that they're getting lease rates in the high thirties, early forties. And we're talking like, like that's close to a hundred percent, maybe over a five, six, seven year jump. But that's just if you get in at the right time of the marketplace and you see the vision and you've got the fortitude to understand what's going to happen, you can do very well in these markets. Sometimes it's not immediate. It does take a least turn or two to get the numbers to where they are. But by looking at what's happening in what's happened in Kelowna and some of the prime areas, what's happened in Victoria and some of the prime areas, I think Penticton is poised to see some of those similar type numbers that you can see some great increases. And that's why we feel now is the time. Some people might think we're a couple of years late because everyone else has been preaching it for years. Uh, we just think the opportunity is a little bit better now than maybe it was a couple of years ago. That's why we have a top of our list this year to get into. That's awesome. Penticton, number one on our list, so, markets to invest in 2024. So Rod, thank you once again for joining us. This is our third year in a row you've come on and done this now. For Rod, for all those listeners that want to find out, hey, I love what you're telling me. How can I get into those markets? How can people find out more how to get a hold of Rod McKay? Yeah, definitely. So then you can uh, go to our website. You can find me at uh, williamwright.ca or you can reach me at roderick at williamwright.ca. That's my email. Uh, or just uh, give me a call on my cell, 604-763-5510. And for all those listening that want to find out more about commercial real estate in general, you can visit our website, williamwright.ca, or you're welcome to send me an email at corey at williamwright.ca. Always happy to hear from the listeners. Uh, if you are looking to do real estate, we can definitely put you in touch with the agents uh, throughout the province there that would best suit the assets you're after. So once again, Rod, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for everyone for listening, for which is our third year in a row now, our top markets for 2024. Hopefully those that, uh, that heed the advice do very, very well. Absolutely. Great. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Take care. Subscribe today. 